This is Magic Drive Time, your daily dose of Orlando Magic basketball. Drops it off to Vooch, he'll dunk it down. Daddy Vooch! Magic Drive Time is presented by International Diamond Center, your local diamond experts since 1981. Throws up ahead to Isaac and look at the tomahawk from the seminal. Chief Osceola smiling somewhere. Now here's your host, Jake Chapman. And welcome into Magic Drive Time, Friday, October 25th. I'm your host, Jake Chapman, here on 96.9 The Game, and my guest for the show tonight as we get set for the Magic of the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow night, Dan Savage from OrlandoMagic.com. And Dan, I wanted to ask you, just uh, just give me your impressions from the win over the Cavaliers the other night. I think there were probably moments in the game where you sort of felt like, you know, maybe they had an opportunity to sort of put their foot on the neck of the Cavaliers, but a win is a win. Certainly 1-0 is better than 0-1. No, definitely. And especially when you're playing a team with a new head coach, there's not a lot you can really scout in terms of knowing their system. So the start of the game, while it may have seemed unusual to some, that it was a bit of a track meet going back and forth with, at one point, both teams shooting over 50%. Uh, I had a feeling by the time Coach Cliff called his first timeout that the clamps were going to come down, they'd make some adjustments and lock in, and that's what it turned into. The Magic lost, I think, a little bit of focus defensively at a few stretches there, but when they needed it, they came back to their defense, held the Cavs to 37% shooting, and at the end of the day, all you want to do with that opening uh, win or opening game is get that win. The three-point shooting was um, not good on either side. What were they, 9 for 30, the Magic were, and 9 for 34, uh, a robust 26.5% for the Cavs. Perimeter shooting, we've talked a lot about how this team is going to be able to you know, sort of manufacture offense, use their defense, try to get up and down, maybe crash the glass offensively a little bit. Perimeter shooting is going to be something that, you know, hopefully I guess it develops a little bit as the season goes, but can you see that maybe being sort of the bugaboo for this team early on in the year? Unquestionably, if you look at this Magic roster, one of the challenges is going to be getting quality shots and shooting. And so this was one of the interesting topics that we were talking about uh, with my colleague, Uh, Josh Cohen on OrlandoMagic.com, he actually just posted an article about this, is the secondary assists. So we all know what assists are. The secondary assist is the old hockey assist. Yeah, it's the old hockey assist. You pass it, the next guy doesn't even take one dribble, he moves it right along. And the Magic last season ranked eighth in that category. The, The Charlotte Hornets prior to that, all five seasons under Steve Clifford were top 10. Mm. And when you look at four of the last six NBA champions, uh, they've all led the NBA in that particular category. They've led the N- they've wow. led the NBA. And last season, when the Golden State Warriors played the Toronto Raptors, the Raptors were one, the Warriors two. Hmm. So it's obviously a category that can be important in today's NBA, moving the ball particularly well. But I think when you're on a team that may be lacking some shooting, having those quick, crisp passes that lead to easy opportunities, open shots, can help you all the more. And so I think for the Magic, ranking top 10 in that category once again this season will be imperative if they want to put up enough offensive numbers. See, that's fascinating because you think about secondary assists, hockey assists, a lot of times coming from dribble penetration, a kick out, and then you snap the ball around the perimeter. I think at times with the Magic right now, and Steve Clifford talked about this a little in the preseason, you just got to move the ball. You know, Try to hit a single. You don't need to hit a home run. Just just be decisive and just keep snapping that thing around. Because as we know, once you get defenses on their heels or moving or, or, or whatever, um, now you can create a four-on-three or three-on-two headed to the basket, or you can get an open look from the perimeter. I'm wondering how we're going to see that sort of manifest itself. 
it, the team should be pretty familiar with each other. They should know what spots they're going to be in. But as we know, you know, as you work in some new faces, Markel Fultz, whoever, um, ball handlers, and, and as guys get more comfortable with, with the season as we go, um, I, I think you can get a little bit more comfortable with your teammates. I'm wondering, if it, it, is that a fair assessment? Sometimes just keep moving the ball as opposed to you know waiting for the dribble penetration and all that to set up. Is it just a matter of just snapping that thing around at times? Definitely. I think the other opportunity to score those type of baskets is off your defense because if yeah. you have transition opportunities, often there is a hockey pass in there without that dribble that leads to an easy bucket. So the the Magic can get those in two different ways. One, by having great defense that leads to transition opportunities. And then two, moving the ball around. Because if you don't have a team with an overwhelming go-to scorer you really want to rely on ball movement to get you the best ultimate shot and to generate mismatches. And when the Magic do that, get the defenses on their teams, look, you're wearing the team down, and it becomes harder and pays dividends later in the game. And I think that's where Steve Clifford wants this team's focus to be. Staunch defensive effort, generate offensive opportunities, and then when you have to go to the half court, move the basketball around. Magic Drive Time, Jake Chapman here with you. Dan Savage, my guest, as we get set for the Magic and the Hawks tomorrow night, 7.30, will be the tip uh, on the Orlando Magic Radio Network, of course. And then on Monday, uh, the team will be in Toronto to see the defending champion, Toronto Raptors. You know, we've talked so much about Markel Fultz, Dan, and, and obviously he, it, it was great to see him. I, I had John Denton on the show yesterday, and one thing I brought up to him, I, I just want to get your take on it. Now I'm the next box that needs to be checked is a bad game. I want to see Markel go one for seven, have a couple turnovers, and realize that the world is not falling, that he's going to have another game tomorrow, another opportunity. Um, obviously, it's, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek wanting him to play a bad game, but I do love the fact that, you know, as we move on, he can just sort of put these behind him and... You know, J.D. said yesterday, he was like, yeah, he missed three three-pointers in that Cavs game. If this were Philadelphia, it would probably be a little bit of an overreaction. He obviously did so many things well. Um, but I, I do kind of like the notion that, you know, event, he's going to have a bad game eventually. Uh, I think at this point, he's getting so much more comfortable with himself. I think he is at a point where he'll be able to just move on and say, you know what, that's what happens to normal players. To Everybody has a bad game here and there. Uh, what did you think about Markel, and what do you think about where he is right now? No question. No question. Uh, the, the thing that you always want to see for players is to not let one bad game then dictate right. the next. So that'll be interesting to watch. I think with him, the good part is about the, the style he takes and the majority of shots he takes are right around the rim. Yeah. So it limits the opportunity for one of those really bad shooting nights because he's not a player that's sitting out on the perimeter uh, chucking up a bunch of threes, yep. and, and you know, with the cyclical way of that goes, you're going to have a rough night. He gives himself a lot of easy opportunities at the rim with his craftiness. So I think a bad game for Markel Fultz is going to look like more turnovers than assists, yep. and that's the thing he's going to have to battle because he does get un- down there, he does a lot of crafty moves, and he's going to have turnovers and games with high turnover numbers that may not necessarily be his fault, but it's such unorthodox to expect that a pass could come hit you in the breadbasket from some of the angles he's approaching. Absolutely. As his teammates are figuring him out, they're going to have to get used to having the hands ready at all times because he can hit you from a lot of different angles that most produ- pro- point guards predominantly in the league would not be able to do. And what, what are the interesting things about him? I mean, we talk about his... 
his makeup, his his physical build, but some of that is just innate when you get into the paint. And I, I don't care if you're a 10-year vet or if you're a rookie or if you're a guy in his third year who's only played 33 games. When you get into the paint and the defense collapses and you know where your teammates are, and again, this goes back to familiarity, um, I watched Colin Sexton all year last year struggle with that. And eventually it kind of clicked in a little bit. But some guys are just born to be point guards, and you see that. You're talking about, yes, he's got long arms. He can wrap around, and he can do all sorts of crazy stuff at the rim and, and figure out a way to make a pass out of nothing. Um, but some of it is just feel, isn't it? He's just got a really natural feel for the game. You know, Steve Clifford's used this time, uh, term multiple times in reference to Markel Fultz, which is he's a D.C. point guard. He used to scout that area. Yeah. And, you know, from being in the Northeast growing up, he definitely is accurate with that term. He's aggressive. He just goes coast to coast without fear, and he's not afraid to get down and dirty and use his court vision right in the muck of things deep there in the paint. He's got a bit, a little bit of that Steve Nash in him where he'll over-penetrate at times, curl back right back around, and regenerate a shot elsewhere. He's not afraid to do that. And I think his size, length, give him that ability, but no question, Jake, there is that just innate vision within himself that he has and I think that's part of the reason he was touted so highly coming into the NBA. Another thing J.D. said yesterday that resonated with me was, you know, we celebrated Markel, and, and for obvious reason, there's so many people pulling for him, but Mo Bamba came back and played his first meaningful regular season game last night since, uh, what, midway through last season, and he looked pretty good. I mean, I think he had 7.7 rebounds. He was just solid on the floor. He was almost exactly what you want out of your backup center. 14 minutes. He was 3 of 5. He was very efficient. Plus 7 while he was on the floor. Did have one assist and one steal um, to go with the 7 and 7. What would you see from Mo? And and what do you think about sort of the mental hurdle for him? I mean, we talked so much about all the studying he did when he was out last year with the coaching staff. But seems like he's in a good spot right now as well. No, definitely. Uh, I think for me, the thing is, Mo Bamba, his shot looks good. He's continuing to make progress in that. Just looks so comfortable taking that three-point shot that you feel good when it leaves his hands. It's almost surprising when it doesn't go in at this stage of the game. For me, the two big things where I'm going to have to see growth for him, and one of them we saw in the game, I thought his energy level running up and down the court uh, was very good in the first game. It was very similar to what we saw last year in that home opener against Miami where it just dazzled people. So he needs to continue to play at that energy level over the course of an 82-game season, which is very difficult for a lot of these kids coming from you know, college where they're maybe only playing in 13 games. You know, To get yourself up and ready to go 82 times, for some people that's a learned lesson, especially for bigs who yep. things can come so easy for them uh, at the rim. So that's going to be uh, test number one. The, the second part of that is just the physical assertiveness. Mm. He's a little bit bigger now. You've got to be willing to push people around, box out consistently, and then along with that, set screens. The one thing that Kem Birch was so valuable with this team last season is he set phenomenal screens, and that helped free up guys like Terrence Ross in that second unit for some phenomenal shooting games. You know, a lot of times you you don't even really see it in retime, but when you go back and look at it, Kem Birch, phenomenal screener, boxed his guys out. So that's going to be the challenge for Mo Bamba. Sure, you come in here, you bring additional shooting, you have very interesting defensive dynamics that you bring to the game just by your physical size. But you also got to make sure you're doing the little things, screening, rebounding, 
and and you know hitting guys in the mouth, so to speak, with that size. And as we know, you know, being being a center, you're that last line of defense. And so, yes, eventually Mo Bamba is going to be able to peel off and erase shots at the rim, and he's going to be, um, you know, I I think eventually he could be one of the better shot blockers in the league. But for now, five guys on a string, you can't be taking those gambles. You, you the guys in front of you need to know where you are uh, behind them. And yeah, you'll trade a shot a block shot here or there as long as you're not giving up those easy buckets because people um, you know are, are are steering somebody one way or another and that's where Vooch you know say what you want to about whether or not he's he'll, he'll never be Rudy Gobert but you're right if you can trust that you know my last line of defense is where he needs to be um, then that makes a big difference when you're talking about the other four guys on the floor last question for the break I did want to ask you about Vooch I was thinking about this the other day you remember you and I probably had this conversation years ago when Dwight wanted out and we were talking about who to trade him for remember it was it was either Brooklyn or the Lakers yep and we had the conversation about Paul Gasol and Andrew Bynum. I remember I, there was it, it was almost split 50-50. I want Bynum, no, I want Paul. And I remember saying that Paul Gasol is going to age very gracefully because he doesn't have a high-impact game. And I see that with Vooch. I feel like Vooch could play another seven, eight years at the level he's playing at right now because he's not a guy flying through the air. He's not probably, you know, knock on wood, going to have structural problems with his uh, with his knees and feet and that sort of stuff, he's kind of groundbound, but he's 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 based on his hands. All of his game is, um, you know, it's based on on being smart and having good hands. Can you see that comparison a little bit? Obviously, he empowered different players, but when you talk about how they're going to play deep into their thirties as big men, um, am I onto something? Oh, I think unquestionably. And I was, the one part I was going to bring up when you mentioned the hands was the brain part. You right. know, and and you you got that covered. Those are the the centerpieces to his game. Plus he's one of those big guys that I think just naturally fits his size. He doesn't look like, you know, awkward. There's no, there's no parts of the body. Yeah. So for, for him there, you know, he fits his size and then he plays like a small man in some ways where he just sees the court and can pass, uh, which you don't really see at a guys that size that often. So he's got that aspect to him. You know, Jokic in Denver is similar, which is great vision of the court, knowing where everybody's going to go, setting them up. I think those are probably the two guys in the league right now who are at the peak of that. And I think as we watch Nikola Vucevic age with grace, his cerebralness is only going to get better. He's going to continue to know exactly where guys are going to go, where to cheat a little bit more and, and get an extra block shot just based off positioning. So that's the great part about Vooch. He's a student in the game. He knows it so well, makes some great pocket passes, and the Magic play a lot of their offense through him, and he's just so solid. It, you know, at no point in that game where you're just like, oh, wow, Nikola Vucevic is even taking over against the Cavs, and still, 21-10, and and you know, they the NBA gave him that extra rebound and, <laughs> and gave him that extra double-double Thank double you, Mr. Today. Silver. Yeah, so last year... Does they, he have to sign off on that? Does Adam Silver sign off on an awarding and a, a rebound? Last year they took one away from him that I forget whether either cost him a double-double record or a triple-double. Uh-huh. And, and, and rescinded. So this year he got the benefit of it. Now See, the funny part that's is... That's what happens when you're an all-star. You this, get the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. It, this one came, you know, a day after, a day or two after. The last one came almost like nearly a month, a month 
<laughs> so that one really they, hurts. I mean, what do they? They just have. They, uh, sorry, I couldn't get to it. Like, <laughs> is there really somebody who's got such a big workload that a month later he's like, oh yes, that ver- that rebound should have gone to Vooch and I not think they whoever have up else. To like a month window to review it. So that's <laughs> that's the really crazy part of these things. Is you don't truly know if a guy had a double double or not at the end of the game. And there, and my, and my fantasy team wants to know. <laughs> I, I think my entire fantasy league wants to know. You're actually the guy to ask uh, with your experience in the league <laughs> office. We're gonna duck in a break here. We're gonna come back with Dan Savage here on. Magic Drive Time. We'll kick it around the NBA a little bit uh, when we return. Hey guys, be at Amway Center as the Magic host the Philadelphia 76ers on Wednesday, November 13th at 7 p.m. You don't want to miss a moment of the action when the team takes on Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and the rest of the Sixers. Get your tickets now at orlandomagic.com and show your pride for Magic above all. More Magic Drive Time when we come back right here. 96.9 The Game. When it comes to the best diamonds at the best prices in Florida, Magic fans choose International Diamond Center. It's why IDC has earned the title Exclusive Jeweler of the Orlando Magic year after year. IDC dominates the competition every day with a massive inventory of hand-selected diamonds, literally thousands of designer rings, an unparalleled selection of fashion jewelry, the guaranteed best values in America, and the strongest warranties in the jewelry industry. Learn more at shopidc.com slash gomagic, where Magic fans shop for jewelry. Orlando Magic Flex Plans get you the games you want, when you want. Choose any games, lock in your seats, and save big off-gate prices. You can see top opponents like the Los Angeles Lakers and the Houston Rockets, or choose the weekend games to fit your schedule. Any way you build it, Flex Plans allow you to experience magic above all the way you want. Visit orlandomagic.com slash flexplans to customize your plan today. This is Jonathan Isaac from the Orlando Magic, celebrating big wins and the work that gets you there. For those who use disappointments, turning them into opportunities to learn, to grow, and to thrive. For those who rise every day with the sole purpose of improving on who they were yesterday. The experts at Evan Health support you. For proving, we all have the power to rise to any challenge. Evan Health. Feel whole. Hey, Magic fans, here's a pass that always leads to a score. Buy or renew a qualifying Walt Disney World annual pass at Amway Center this season and score a free Orlando Magic Nike Swingman jersey in the color of your choice. One annual pass gets you a year of theme park magic at all four Walt Disney World parks and an Orlando Magic jersey. That's twice the magic. Visit the Orlando Magic team shop at Amway Center or orlandomagic.com slash annual pass for more information. I'm Robert Palmer, president of RP Funding. With home values at an all-time high, smart homeowners are using RP Funding to access their home equity now more than ever. Home equity could be the best way to finance home improvements, consolidate debt, make investments, or even large purchases. But don't use your home equity to pay closing costs. Let me pay them instead. Visit rpfunding.com or call 855-773-8634, 855-773-8634. Terms and conditions apply. See website and MLS 701-68 equal housing. Advent Health and Southwest Airlines are teaming up to provide Magic fans the opportunity to catch a game on the road this season in one of three destinations, Houston, Denver, or Milwaukee. One grand prize winner will receive two tickets to a game in the selected city, airfare, lodging, and $200 in spending money. Five second prize winners will receive 20,000 Southwest Airlines Rapid Rewards bonus points. For more information and to enter, visit orlandomagic.com slash getaway. That's orlandomagic.com slash getaway. 
At Mountain Dew, we say here's to the doers. The people who know you gotta do what you gotta do. Who do it big. Then do it bigger. Who don't just watch. So if there's something you wanna do, here's a little advice. Grab yourself an ice-cold Mountain Dew. And get to it. That's right. Get going. Get started. Stand up. Jump up. Grab hold of it. Work it out. Grind it out. Get stoked. Get passionate. And do it. Don't ask how you should do it. Don't ask if it can be done. Because there are those who don't. And those who do. Let's do Let's do Let's do Let's do the do. Magic fans, are you in need of a new roof? Roof damage is not always visible from the ground. In order to make sure your roof is sealed and secure during rain and hurricane seasons, call Carol Bradford Roofing today for a free roof inspection. As the official builder of the Magic, Carol Bradford Roofing is a licensed and insured family-owned company who's been trusted for years to provide quality work and products to protect the most prized possessions under a roof, your family. To speak with a professional today, call 833-237-ROOF or visit cbroofing.com and mention the Magic to receive $500 off your new roof this is Mohamed Bamba of the Orlando Magic stuck in traffic then keep your dial on Magic Drive Time and welcome back into Magic Drive Time Jake Chapman here with you here on 96.9 the game Dan Savage OrlandoMagic.com my guest as we get set for a weekend of basketball or at least one game tomorrow night Magic Hawks, that'll be a 7.30 tip you can hear it on the Magic Radio Network and as a matter of fact you can hear it on 104.5 The Beat uh, here in Orlando, UCF football will be on tomorrow night on our flagship station right here, 96.9 The Game. I wanted to ask you, Dano, uh, a little bit about some of the early season um, happenings around the league. Let's start with Kyrie and the Brooklyn Nets. What did he have? 58 50 and points. S- <laughs> no turnovers. 58-7, and seven, I believe it was. And yet they take an L against the Timberwolves in their opener. That was on Wednesday night. Uh, 127-126 was the final score. He did a weird little okey-doke move on the last shot of the game. Almost hit the bucket. Richard Jefferson's on the broadcast just laughing his butt off because it was that close to going in. Kyrie and the Nets. Is it going, like, uh, Ben Rivera and I talked about this yesterday. Is it going to look the same way as it did last year with Russell? I mean, can they be that same team? Can they be even better? Obviously, it feels like kind of a, a redshirt year for the whole franchise until KD comes back. Um, but what do you see with that with that group right now? Well, looking at their initial game, because that was our first real look of what it would be like for Kyrie in a regular season game, it certainly looks like they'll have enough firepower to to put up points. Uh, Minnesota's a, a decent team out there west. They have a number of star players. You look at Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins figured things out in the fourth quarter and overtime of that game. Uh, but... You know what'll be what I think the big question with Kyrie is: Will he remain healthy? And if he does not, do they have enough to go on without him? No, because I don't think so. When you look I at mean, a team with you know Kyrie on it, uh, he's had his injury concerns throughout his career. And if you construct a team with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, you just have to hope that both of them are healthy in the playoffs, and that if either one of them need either load management. Or you know have to miss some time. The other one's going to take care of it. Yep. Uh, with the absence right now, the question is going to be: is if they do hit one of those stretches in the season, will the rest of the role players be able to step up and handle the load until he gets back? And when you look at that roster, I mean, I like some of the guys as role players, but I don't know about somebody stepping up and taking taking over the scoring load. Aside from Karis LeVert, who, by the way, has his own injury issues yeah. um, to worry about, there's just not really a guy who you can say, hey, go get me 20. Um, it's it, I, I'm not sure that's going to work if Kyrie does have one of those instances. As, as we know, I mean, he's gonna, the way he plays, he's going to get banged up 
at some point of the season. Like, I think they might be in trouble if he does go down. Real quick before we go, are the Warriors in trouble? There definitely has to be some concern yeah. after an opening night game. Now, granted, you're playing the Clippers, who, in my opinion, may be the best team they look pretty darn out good. west, especially once they get Paul George back in their rotation. The one thing that you have to worry about for the Warriors is if Clay's really going to miss the entire season and he's not there for the postseason, is that bench isn't what it used to be. Mm-mm. They're going to have to have a lot of young kids now who start to figure things out and learn the way the Warriors uh, play basketball. And I was listening to Draymond Green, who's on Woj's podcast uh, this past week, and really the way he described it I think was best is that the last four or five years they've been living in a fantasy world. Yeah. You have an overwhelming amount of talent. It's like if you really want to go into any game and win it in the regular season, you're just about going to be able to do it. And there are probably times where they've shown up and not really even been mentally in it and still won by double digits. So it's going to be a shift in mindset for them now where it's not like, hey, we're just going to show up and play hoops anymore. One, we have to figure things out, figure out young kids, get them to grow. And then on top of that, play peak basketball every single night. So I think it's going to be a big mental adjustment for Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and then bringing up a lot of young kids along with it. So it'll be an interesting case study for them because normally you you don't see these players have to make their adjustments in their prime. Right. So usually it's once they're past exactly. that a team starts to to fall apart. So it's a it's a really unique experience watching the Warriors this season. No, I love Steve Kerr, but he's going to earn his paycheck, certainly, uh, over the course of this year. He's Dan Savage. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. What's the handle again? Dan underscore Savage. All you got to remember is the underscore. Just remember (laughs) the underscore. Uh, Does a phenomenal job for OrlandoMagic.com, and does a phenomenal job every time he's here on Magic Drive Time. My name is Jake Chapman, at JakeChapmanOM on Twitter. Magic Hawks tomorrow night, 7.30 for the tip, and we'll talk to you on Monday with another edition of Magic Drive Time right here, 96.9 The Game. When it comes to the best diamonds at the best prices in Florida, Magic fans choose International Diamond Center. It's why IDC has earned the title Exclusive Jeweler of the Orlando Magic year after year. IDC dominates the competition every day with a massive inventory of hand-selected diamonds, literally thousands of designer rings, an unparalleled selection of fashion jewelry, the guaranteed best values in America, and the strongest warranties in the jewelry industry. Learn more at shopidc.com slash gomagic, where Magic fans shop for jewelry. Orlando Magic fans, the 2019-20 season is here and big games are on the horizon. Show your pride for Magic above all and don't miss the biggest matchups of the season against teams like the Los Angeles Lakers, Golden State Warriors, and Philadelphia 76ers. Be there live when players like LeBron James, Steph Curry, and Joel Embiid visit Amway Center. Buy your tickets now at orlandomagic.com. It's big games above all.